Welcome, welcome, welcome to First Team America, Patriot Network, by Patriots and for Patriots, across all sides of the aisle, from all walks of life. Today is August 1st, 2022. I've recently had the pleasure to spend some time with my family and uh, decompress, spend quality time together. Because that's what life is about, making the most of all these small moments and trying to enjoy the path to the destination rather than waiting to enjoy it and waiting on the destination to enjoy it. Um, Anyway, during the past week, I've had a lot of time to think about the the podcast tonight. I want to dedicate this to Kiki Camarena, um, DEA agent who was uh, tortured and killed in Mexico. I didn't know him personally, but what the man stood for should be talked about and exemplified to others. A man who served his country, and then ultimately his country came back to uh, to harm him. So anyway, the story on Kiki, it's a wonderful story. I watched a Netflix, or sorry, uh, a movie called The Last Narc. The Last Narc, N-A-R-C, on Amazon. Fantastic documentary on the life and ending of Kiki Camarena. If I pronounce his name wrong in this, I apologize. I'll try not to make that mistake. But in the event I do, please forgive me. It's a pretty neat last name. Um, anyway, so Kiki, his story was, was just so riveting. Told from the perspective. And the movie is written on this based upon one of Kiki's friends, and a guy that was given the task of uh, investigating Kiki's torture and murder at the hands of the narco gangs. Um, I'll get to the point, which will leave you a bit surprised, but not completely unexpected. It seems that for every effort, there's a yin and a yang. I know that's a, for those not familiar, it's a Chinese symbol. I think of the duality of life. I could be completely wrong, but that's my perspective. You've got good and evil and the balance um, that this life is. And anyway, part of that duality is also occurs within government agencies. Having had a long time in my professional career, of traveling internationally, wearing out a couple passport books, and uh, having the pleasure to make many great friendships and visit many wonderful countries in my time of international business, which goes on to this day, but to get my ass on a plane is going to require a lot of money. Um, I'm enjoying the time at home with my family at this point, though. I spent a lot of time on airplanes. But anyway, my background, exports. Um, freight, sales. If you had told me back then that I needed to know equal, if not more, about freight, finance, 
and how to make these deals happen versus I can't make them happen. They want to buy the product, but I can't figure it out. Anyway, part of that with the export uh, to other countries was knowing the rules and the regulations of of uh, getting product from my companies to other companies who then would sell it to the consumers. Throughout my time in exports, I've dealt with everything for, you know, uh, unrestricted, unlicensed product to licensed product and restrictions that required export life, export licenses from Commerce State and uh, um, Treasury. All of those export licenses had a review process, whether it was commerce, which was less stringent because those were classified as non-USML items. And bear with me here while I explain what what's, why I get to this point, is there was a process. There were criminal penalties for violating these laws. And the excuse of saying, I don't know, was not a valid excuse if you committed an export violation of a classified or a restricted item. And especially, not having an export license would really get you in trouble civilly and criminally. So me, never wanting to put myself in jeopardy or the company I served, um, I took it upon myself to learn all about the rules and regulations and attend seminars and training and Wow, did I learn. Anyway, part of those rules, you know, there's a process, the licensing, shit just doesn't happen. And whether it's especially sending firearms and body armor and military USML, United States munitions list, it's a process. You got to have a license and you got to make sure it's not a crime controlled country meaning uh, a country that the U.S. is designated as a uh, sponsor of terror or a repressor of its people, and that those items that you're exporting should not be used against the people. Um, I guess in a tyrannical fashion, my hell, that's changed. Gift to the Taliban. What? Anyway, so the part about Kiki, why I mentioned that, is that Kiki's job, which he was a soldier... Then he was a cop, state police, did some narc buys, DEA saw him in action, and asked him to come work for them, which he did. Kiki was working out of Mexico, and his job as a DEA agent was find out who are the players, who's bringing the drugs into the states, and let's try to stop it. This was in the 80s. Cocaine was just starting to flood the U.S., Barry Seal, if you remember the pilot, great movie, whether it's uh, Tom Cruise in it or, uh, oh man, forgive me, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper version I really like, but Tom's isn't bad as much as I don't like Tom Cruise. Scientology, what? Anyway, um, the part about Barry Seal and the timing of this all, if you've ever watched a series on Netflix called The uh, Narcos, if you haven't watched it, it's riveting, absolutely freaking riveting. And the actors and actresses in that that they pick are just amazing. You know, you can tell an actor's doing their job when, when you don't like certain people. And there's this one guy that plays uh, 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 such a bad guy 
and just evil that you end up hating him. I feel bad for the guy if he's out on the street. People are like, I remember you in that movie. I never liked you. But anyway, all of this during the time when Barry Seal was running guns into Nicaragua, Panama, and other areas and bringing back drugs, whether it was for the agency or for his own self, I think maybe a little bit of both, but he was making boatloads of cash. He was a civilian flying, hired other pilots to and bought more planes. And then at the point, if you watch Barry Seal's movie, he's actually built a military base that Contras were coming in to train at inside the U.S., which, of course, everybody tries to deny. Ollie North, the non-patriot that he was, <clears throat> the patriot that he's promoted is not the person that he is in this thing. But anyway, all of this shares an interesting timeline and, and timing that uh, Car, uh, Pablo Escobar and uh, Noriega and all of them are written into history with their involvement during this time. And Barry probably stopped off at a couple of the, uh, uh, the air base <clears throat> that one of the Mexican narco leaders who was responsible for torturing Kiki uh, apparently he had a pretty nice modernized airstrip on one of his large ranches and was training Contras that were brought in from Nicaragua and other areas uh, to get down there and fight the uh, so-called uh, Russian invasion into Latin America. So the story on Kiki is he's working in and out of the embassy. Um, he makes a big bust of a huge pot plant by uh, a partnership of the narco guys. Forgive me if I don't make the, if I don't name their names. I've kind of forgotten. And rather than say it, I don't, I'd rather you watch the movie, the documentary, The Last Narc, and, and you can see it. But it is totally, totally plausible. And the agent, I believe him wholeheartedly. A man that, uh, you know, has led a good life and uh, has nothing left to gain as far as uh, at his age. You know, any huge riches luring him away from the truth of what he's trying to uh, say. Anyway, this agent, the, the one that was given Kiki, assigned Kiki's uh, death investigation, did a lot of things right. You know, when we were talking about, when I was talking about moments ago about processes, you know, part of the process for export licenses, you need to know who, what, where, when, how, and why. Who's it going to? How's it going to be paid? Where's it going to end up? What's it going to be used for? And you prepare all your paperwork. You have to have the order, the method of payment, the names. Um, it's quite an extensive process. Is there Are there any intermediaries involved? And that paperwork is reviewed from multiple agencies, from Department of State, Commerce, ICBP. Oh, shit, DOD, uh, DTRA, DITRA, uh, CIA, you know... NSA, you know, DIA, all, all, depending upon the items in the, the product and where it's going and who it's going to, that process can become very, very uh, um, much heavier review, basically. Anyway, so to export any type guns or firearms requires documentation. Now, what probably happened in this deal with the Contras is that there were never any uh, licenses filled out and maybe the guns were bought from other sources. 
that weren't technically U.S. military hardware. Maybe it was AKs, you know, which bought from a gun dealer stateside. There's many ways to hide that. But anyway, so Kiki was doing a hell of a job down there, busted the big, huge pot pot fields. I don't know how many hectares it was, but it was massive. And that really hit in the pocketbook of one of the drug lords. Uh, Kiki was also uh, mapping out who were the players, who was involved, where was it going. He started knowing too much. You would think that he would be protected by his own agency, by his own country. And many of us, including myself, believe that that flag means something. And I still think it does, despite the corrupt. I still believe in it. They, they don't own the honor, and they certainly, with their dishonor, can't remove the honor that this flag has and <clears throat> what it stands for. And so, why well, I say that his country should have supported him as Kiki found out more, the threat that he began to create through his knowledge in mapping out of the networks and the players, and he's got his head down and he's just grinding away, doing his job. While there's others, many were on the take during this time from payments from the narcos. Mexican presidents, cabinet officials, military, law enforcement, the Mexican intelligence agency, which at the time was the DFS, which was set up by the uh, Central Intelligence Agency after World War II to help fight any type of Russian attempts to establish a foothold in Latin America, and especially as close to the U.S. So they were agency trained. Anyway, Kiki starts really firing away and finding people and and mapping out stuff. And there comes a point in time where he's getting way too too effective at his job. And so the drug lords conspire, but according to the DEA agent, who the film was based on telling his story about Kiki and what he discovered, this agent, as I was mentioning before about the forms he was filing his reports on, was brilliant. He was filing the forms on DEA Form 6s, which technically aren't supposed to be augmented, destroyed, modified. They're supposed to be permanent fucking record. So that if the 100 years later, people could still open that that file and find those forms. They're not to be condensed or thrown out. In fact, Kiki's death investigation is still incomplete. A lot of troubling info when you watch the documentary, and the filmmakers did a wonderful job. You know, you have to be skeptical sometimes of certain things, but at the same point, I really found nothing that was didn't seem plausible or, or, or not plausible. You know, it's it's all wow. You know, uh, just interesting, and, and judging by how the government has treated its own citizens, how it's set people up. You know, with uh, Randy Weaver out at Ruby Ridge wanting him to saw a barrel off a shotgun and join a infiltrated militia. And he told him no. And then they <clears throat> went after him on some 
trumped up charges and shot and killed his wife and pregnant wife and uh, son. And then was, you know, he was later exonerated. But, you, you know, with that example or attacking Waco rather than taking the so-called pedophile while he's out jogging, none of that stuff made sense. You know, I agree that they should have taken uh, the Waco preacher, but off-site, away from the, the flock. Uh, and hence, what happened happened. And that's why, you know, people have a distrust for the government. And it's not that we're worried about the government, so there's just corrupted people within it that pull the strings to continue corruption and wage war against the, their own people. So anyway, he's filed these forms, DEA Form 6s, as he's investigating Kiki's death. He even tracked down the bodyguards that were in the room with Kiki during this time, and they are interviewed on camera. And again, I understand that we can't take their word completely, but I don't doubt that the stories we're hearing from them are not believable and that we should just dismiss it because you know so so often people like to dismiss things or try to get people to dismiss things like saying well you know it's so and so so you really can't believe that well all of their stories corroborated with this DEA agent who interviewed them extensively and his supervisor with the DEA who also believes their stories it later turns out, and I'll cut to the chase real quick, but anyway, Kiki is captured on the day that he tries to arrange to go have lunch with his wife. And it's later found out by the agent and by the timeline. See, timelines are a damning thing. Circumstantial evidence. A good book out there, The Case for Christ, written by the author who decided to prove it once and for all that Jesus wasn't real and then do all his research realize circumstantial evidence matters and the case for Christ is proven Jesus is real Lee Strobel great book I highly suggest you read that the case for Christ anyway the circumstantial evidence is is huge in Kiki's timeline and anyway it's arranged that they they get him they, they describe how they capture him they take them to this place and they begin their torture for 36 hours. And according to the bodyguards, there were close to 45 to 60 people there. Members of the military, members of the Mexican intelligence agency, law enforcement, especially politicians, including some high-level guys that were gravely concerned about what Kiki knew of their involvement with drug payoffs. It's later the hypothesis of the agent in the movie that I assume to be <clears throat> uh, believes that Kiki's boss was on the payroll of the Narcos. I don't know that it's purportedly. I'm not saying he was. I'm just saying, according to the movie, it's purported he was. I can't confirm or deny, nor can I accuse. But many, many people are on the payroll of Narcos, Narcos to this day people within the U.S. You think that once it crosses the U.S. border that uh, law enforcement's infallible and they won't take money, but that's bullshit. 
law enforcement's lowered their standards, and we know with Serpico that it's not the it's not law and order; it is the person wearing the badge that has been corrupted or compromised. And that's why the thin blue line needs to turn others in that are compromised, not protect them. But anyway, so Kiki is tortured straight for 36 hours. And one of the guys, I think his name is Fonseca, now that I remember, or something to that effect, one of the narco partners, says he doesn't know anything. In fact, they taped the torture, the entire torture, because they wanted to know. They wanted to know what he knew. They stripped him down. They just savaged him, cracked his skull, shocked him. And the same. And they also killed and tortured and killed the pilot who flew Kiki over the uh, huge pot field. Killed him too that same day. They brought him in. And anyway, there was such concern over what Kiki knew and who knew it and who he might tell that really uh, is just it's extraordinary just to know that, that there were that many people waiting for that man to tell him what they knew and then they were definitely going to kill him. He didn't have a chance to live. But anyway, for 36 hours, they tortured him relentlessly. They even at one point, or, or early in, when Kiki kept... Uh, losing consciousness due to the fact of the painfulness of the torture. And the bodyguards who are interviewed in the movie were responsible for standing him up. And no doubt they're probably haunted by what they saw and participated in. They're not honorable men by any any chance, but I think their confession is this in, in this movie is an attempt to make right with Jesus for their sin and helping that uh, Kiki suffer. But anyway, they brought in a doctor. And that doctor was the narco's own doctor. And he, uh, they asked him to give Kiki drugs to make sure that if he lost consciousness, he would come back so that they could keep torturing him to find out what he knew. Anyway, he ends up dying. Luckily. Because at this point, there's there's no return. But if you watch the movie, it goes much more into detail than I'll cover on that. But anyway, so the agent who is investigating Kiki's death goes to DC, is called to DC to meet with I think uh, uh, DEA law, agent Lawn or whatever. He's a <clears throat> deputy commissioner, or some high ranking guy, and he starts asking the agent whether he would participate in an involuntary rendition which is the, the short name for kidnapping. And so it's, it's talked and agreed by both the supervisor and the, uh, the agent that he can have some money to help pay for somebody to kidnap the doctor and fly him into an airport in El Paso. Anyway, it's done. They, they make it happen. Plane lands, kicks the doctor out, flies right back into Mexico. They jail him. He hits the news. They've got a strong case. And what breaks the case? is Kiki's boss undermined parts of it, which drew enough doubt that they ended up releasing the doctor back to Mexico, Mexican custody. Anyway, a travesty of justice all the way around. 
the most troubling aspect is that multiple people besides the bodyguards, but others kept referencing in the audio recording. And then afterwards about the Cuban that was there. And they kept bringing up the Cuban. Who was the Cuban? The Cuban was in the room. Well, it turns out the Cuban is an, uh, a CIA employee or they don't call Nobody's really an employee. They're a contractor. <clears throat> I'm not vilifying the agency as a whole, just the people that have abused the power, abused the agency to profit personally and lead to countless deaths in any country, including our own, of our best and their best. <clears throat> Part of what happened in Fast and Furious <laughs> If you recall back there, back years ago during Obama's time, which led to the death of Agent Brian Terry, was that Holder and the DOJ gave the ATF a green light or a demand to let guns walk across the border. Remember what I was saying about the export compliance? Well, here's the other thing. Regardless of whether somebody's in the government, they can't self, self-lick and stamp their own activities. It's got to have a review. But somehow, justice doesn't apply to them. And so the plan came to be that they wanted guns to walk across the border and that they were going to try to chase them. Friends of mine in the ATF told me they never let guns walk, ever. And if they're used in a sting, those guns are found and kept. Very rarely are guns ever lost during a sting or some type of effort. Oops. Sorry, I'm driving at the same time here. And so the Fast and Furious deal was letting guns go across to the narco gangs, which were wreaking havoc in Mexico and other countries, leading to widespread slaughter. Part of what was happening, remember, during the Contra time frame was that we were sending guns and they were flying drugs back. And part of those drugs, or mainly all of them, were being used to curry favor and to sell that shit inside the U.S. and then take the money and fund the purchase of equipment and, and alliances for the effort in Nicaragua and beyond. So basically... It's kind of like that years ago during the crack ep- epidemic during the 80s when Miami was just riddled with gun violence, a.k.a. Scarface type stuff. There was an agency, I think it was a sheriff's office or something in Miami that decided that, hell, we'll just make our own crack and then we can entrap people and arrest them. Well, that was that was illegal in the, their own right. So part of what I mean by this point is that under the DOJ of Obama, they illegally let guns go across an international border, which according to the ITAR makes them criminals and nobody did any time. So with Kiki's deal and the CIA involvement, apparently according to the agent from his review, The agency was involved in that Cuban 
was for, was born in Cuba and became a CIA asset, leading numerous operations in Latin and South America. And in this one, actually participated in the torture, according to the bodyguards. I recall one of my friends who has a wonderful podcast and is a former DEA agent mentioning this, and I finally see the connection that has been reported. There's a lot of bad blood still between the DEA and the CIA. And if you watch Narcos, it's evident in that particular portrayal, even though there's probably a lot of... uh, I don't know, more story building than, than the actual facts, but without a doubt, that's a agency nobody really trusts or believes that they have their back. I think you're an expendable person with the agency, no matter <clears throat> how important you're told you are and that you'll be rescued. Them cutting you off is, is and they, you know, doesn't seem to be out of the realm of possibilities. But anyway, with Kiki... Um, it's just disgusting to believe that a CIA asset employee contractor would be participating in a witness to the torture and death of Kiki Camarena. But when you realize that the separation between doing the mission and twisting the mission doesn't take much if you constantly are bending the rules. I think it's like playing with a compass. If you keep bending the, the needle away from the true north, it becomes easier to keep doing it and wander off the path you were intending to do. And so the corruption expands. And now it becomes a part where we're making so much fucking money from drugs and guns and accomplishing the mission that this guy, Kiki, is getting too close and can blow it for all of us who are probably getting some kickbacks from the narcos ourselves. I've never understood the infatuation with having a lot. I mean, when I talk about a lot of money, I'm talking about a lot of money, millions. Now, I've, I've wanted millions, but at that point where you start selling out your country and your friends, that's, you know, at what point does your, your internal compass say, this is not right. So anyway, uh, the graft and corruption from the narcos is extensive. It still is to this day. It's like a Hydra. You cut off one head and another reappears. I've been down to Guadalajara, Sayanola, uh, can't really blame, you know, people for the conditions that are being created by outside influences, although everybody should be excused for what they're doing. So don't take that the, the wrong way. What, I, what I'm saying is uh, a lot of these conditions that uh, uh, resulted in the situation in Mexico seems to be not their, not their completely, not completely their own doing. It also has some uh, promotion from um, outside forces, namely possibly the CIA with trying to double dip and or those within the agency. So I don't want to castigate the entire agency. I know there's stuff that they do that 
may have done so good. But anyway, there are corrupted individuals within all agencies. But anyway, Kiki is, is tortured and murdered. CIA asset there and purported to help in the torture to try to get rid of the story that Kiki had. Anyway, it was appalling to to hear from the retired DEA agent his treatment at the hands of his own government. And then when he retired, his encounter with a high-ranking CIA agent who told him to be a good soldier and let it go. Almost as if a threat that, okay, if you, if you keep talking, we're going to get rid of you. And at the point, <coughs> excuse me, where the agent is now, that's why he's saying, I don't give a shit. I've lived a good long life. I'm not afraid of the consequences of speaking the truth. So I definitely encourage you to watch that movie. I don't know what you're supposed to do with it other than, you know, live a good life and do the right thing. But just to know that our own government possibly had participated in the murder of a wonderful, uh, uh, loyal employee doing his job that he was paid to do and left fucking hanging is why a lot of people aren't aren't wanting to join the military. Their rates are sucking. Same with cops. Why do the job if you're going to be thrown out by your own superiors for doing your job? Hence why you see the huge increase in crime, lack of conviction rates, because nobody wants to, to do it. Nobody wants to charge them. They want to blame other things other than the person. And so why would you put your life on the line? And anyway, uh, I'm hoping we can keep the memory of uh, Kiki Camarena open and uh, bring those to justice who fomented these particular conditions that led to his death and hold them, get them held accountable for uh, his murder. It's, it's a tough road. It was a 85, 87 period. And, uh, Anyway, I just felt like I'd like to share that with you and uh, ask you to check out that movie, The Last Narc, and and, uh, share it with your friends. You know, we always want to believe that there's something that we can um, hold on to and, you know, and believe things will get better. But, you know, at this point, you just really need to have the faith, faith in God. And know that anything man gets involved in has the potential to be very corrupted. And we're seeing more and more corruption uh, each and every day. And you'll have to bear with me here. Um, sorry. As I mentioned, I'm driving and I'm trying to keep my attention here on the road. But anyway, um, a lot more stuff hitting the fan. You're, you're, you're seeing all this effort to, to put people in a spin. When I say spin, the media's version of the new reality, which is not a, which is not a reality, but a, a generated Viewing the hell with the the pronoun stuff, the genders, the all kinds of stuff. They're throwing it at the fan with the attempt to distract. Stay strong. Keep the faith. Enjoy your life. 
tune off the t- tune out of the TV, out of the mainstream news, even fake ass Fox News. Understand that you're in the psychological war at this point. This is not a reality. This is a siege against you to take you off your your normal. The COVID was the opening shot. And now they're they're ratcheting up all kinds of other stuff. So it's important that you enjoy your time with your family, your friends. Don't let the news bring you down. Remember, their attempt with that is is to try to make it seem like it's important that you know what happened in Afghanistan is important to where you're at now, and it's really not. That we should have never been in Afghanistan. Uh, that was a big fucking blunder. But I, I want to cut this real short now. But hey, love your families, love your friends. Give thanks to your God, the Lord above, for you know blessing us with this country. And may uh, the truth prevail. And uh, God bless you and your families. This is First Team America, Patriot Network, by Patriots, for Patriots, signing off.